This episode has been brought to you by Purium. Purium offers a line of health and wellness products from weight loss to detoxification and performance. They even have natural supplements for children. Grab your organic non-GMO foods to nourish your body today from Purium using code XORITA for $50 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Trading Raw Stories podcast. I'm Rita Pira, the host of the most inspiring stories that you ever did hear. Back in the day when the day was back, I was known as the juicing queen. I became raw vegan overnight after watching a documentary called Food Matters. Changing what I was putting in and on my body didn't just make me lose weight and have great skin. It gave me mind clarity, more energy, and over time made me so self-aware and intuitive that I vibrate on a higher frequency and level of consciousness that's turned me into a manifesting queen. I've lived like nine lives and have amazing stories to share that may inspire you to finally leave that toxic guy you're with, quit that miserable job you hate, start that business you've been talking about forever, and at the very least, you'll probably start saying yes more often and eat more vegetables. I'm your tell it like you need to hear it and make you do it, sister from another mister. I've lived quite the life and have stories for days that have inspired women to transform their lives in real big ways. So I created this podcast to share my insane and unbelievable stories with the world to reach whoever needs to hear them. I'll bring on inspiring humans to trade stories with me, and I'll even have some live coaching sessions with listeners calling in. You're here because you were meant to find this podcast, this community, these raw stories. There are no coincidences. Everything happens for you, not to you, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Trading Raw Stories podcast. I know, I know, I know. I said I was going to be consistent, but I wasn't yet again. My bad. Okay, here's what happened. I'm going to update you real quick, but we're going to get into it. Today's episode is about trusting your intuition, and I promise that we're going to be like super spot on, and if I tend to go, you know, how I do. I kind of go off track, but it always comes full circle, like magic, like smooth, like butter, vegan butter, baby. Anyway, okay, so here's what happened. So, you know, if you were listening to the last several episodes, I was talking about my retreat, which I did host, which it was epic. It was amazing because I got to meet all of, almost all, almost all, actually not almost all, like four or five of my clients. (laughs) that um started with me from like oh they're like ogs like legit heard me on clubhouse signed up for my group coaching program like a year and a half ago and are still with me till this day so a few of them flew out or lived locally and came to my retreat it was amazing to be with them in person it's insane because like we spend every single Thursday together for the last like year and a half for two plus hours. I can't help myself. It's supposed to be two hours, but it goes four or five sometimes. And I feel so bad because a few of them are on the East Coast, but they're like, I'm like, you guys can go. And they're like, we don't want to. So they stay on because it's such a vibe. It's such a loving, dope ass, like intimate community that's so safe and supportive And like, we're family. It's so dope. And we would be happy to welcome new people in, but you have to be the right vibe. So 
if you're interested, you can go to my website or my Instagram and click the link um, and you'll see that there is the Redefine Reality group coaching program. You can join. And I did offer like a free session at one point where I invited people to come in and try it out. And then some people ended up joining because of that free session. And they're still with us, even though it's supposed to be like a three month thing, still with us. So it's that says a lot. If you don't think so, well, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, Anyway, so go to readapira.com and you can hit the tab coaching. Or go and check out my Instagram, click the link and just go from there. But it's the same thing. Anyway, so the retreat. So, oh my God, it was insane. So first we, like I picked this place because it had such a beautiful pool and a water slide. And I was like, oh, this is going to be such a vibe. But then the rest of the house was a shit show, a fucking disaster. It was so embarrassing. But because they love me so much, they were like tolerating it. And I was like, we're getting the fuck out of here. And so I manifested this like perfect, perfect place in the Hollywood Hills in a fucking mansion that was so gorgeous, so epic. If you go to my Instagram at Raw Vegan Rita, if you don't already follow me, I'm sure you do. Because if you're listening to this podcast, of course you follow me on Instagram. Like, why wouldn't you? My stories are a fucking vibe. Um, so there's a highlight called retreat. So go and watch that and you'll see literally the transformation from like the first place to the second place. And then of course, Frankie's going to go and walk around and make noise right now, but I'm not going to cut this out because, you know, he's just part of, part of the art. He's part of the magic. So hopefully he just sits the fuck down already. (laughs) But anyway, so the, um, the highlight reel, It's called Retreat, and you can see the transformation from, like, the first place, the first night, and then you'll notice, like, all of a sudden, we're somewhere new. It was so gorgeous, so epic, just so beautiful and perfect, and I had my friend, my shaman, Ron Interpreter there. He was so magical, and even my photographer, like, was just such a beautiful addition. Like, his soul, his spirit is so gorgeous and he's so supportive and I believe he was supposed to be there to serve in a way that was not just photography and that's why I hired him to do it I felt that we met for a reason we met at the Palm Springs um, plant medicine ceremony retreat if you recall I did an episode about that as well and Ron interpreter was on that episode too So, okay, the retreat was awesome. It was epic. There was healing happening. We had sound baths. We had yoga, kundalini yoga, and um, we had a hot tub, a little pool, and views for days. Um, We just, it was just so awesome. We had, we even had cooking classes. So I taught them to make sushi. It was just awesome. This is so good and so much love. Like I was high on life just being there in this energy. So I am thinking about doing a retreat again, um, but also instead of like this sort of retreat situation, I was thinking of just doing some travel, like getaways, group getaways. So I went to Greece. And, oh, how perfect. This segue, little transition here. So I um, also mentioned in my last episode that I was invited to go to Greece with my 
friend that I met originally from Clubhouse, and then we didn't meet in person. She lives in LA. I live in La Jolla in San Diego, and she um, and I didn't meet in California. One day I was in Chicago and I was watching, you know, Instagram stories and I stumbled upon hers and she happened to be in Chicago at the same time as me. And I saw she was getting ready to go on like some boat with her friends. And I was like, bitch, I'm in Chicago, too. And she's like, bitch, come here now. And so that was it. And then that's how we met. We met in Chicago, which is insane because we I'm born and raised in Chicago, but she has a history of um, her starting in radio in Chicago. So her name is Roxy. If you haven't um, heard of her or maybe you're here because of her, um, we went to Greece together. So she invited me to go to Greece and um, originally she was going with someone else and that fell through. And so she asked a few of her girls. She asked me, I'm a yes person. If you haven't, if you haven't like figured that out by now that when I'm invited to something or something shows up in my life. I say yes, even when all logic points to no. And I just trust my intuition, which is what this episode is basically going to be about. Um, but the thing is that I it was like the worst timing. All logic was pointing to no. It was the worst timing. Why? Because I was planning my retreat, getting it all ready. This is my first retreat, you know, making sure everything's like all the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, all that shit. And so I'm getting ready for that. And then um, I also had my lease coming up due. Like I would be flying to Greece or already there, I think, when my lease would expire. And I was like, okay, well, I want to move. I don't want to stay here because I love changing my environment. Like I, I've been in California since August 2019, and this is my fourth place. And before that, I was living in New York and I had maybe four or five apartments while I was there for five years. So moving around and changing my environment, I love it. It feeds my soul. Why? Because it creates new experiences. It creates a whole new like environment, literally, for my my soul to explore in. You know, it's not the same routine. It's not the same people. It's not the same anything. It's all new shit. And that's what I love the most about it, about change. Like I crave change. I get annoyed when things are the same for too long. I even move my furniture around all the time. And when I didn't have floor-to-ceiling windows like I do now and I had to hang up curtains and shit, I would change my curtains. I would change my pillows. I would move my furniture around. I would just change things up all the time. Maybe it's because I'm a Sagittarius with the Pisces moon. I don't know. Who knows? But I just love change. And I would inspire you, nudge you, spark something in you, light a fire under your ass to allow yourself to change. Like, don't be so stuck in your comfort zone. Like, really, truly, actually do shit different so you get a different life or else everything will be the same and it's just so mundane and boring and predictable and whatever. Lame. Don't live a lame life, okay? (laughs) Say yes to shit. (laughs) Anyway, so she invites me and I say yes, because even though I technically have my lease due and am I going to stay? Am I going to go? Am I going to find an apartment? Am I going to move before I go to Greece? That's insane. And plan for my retreat. And I, it's like, okay, here's another thing. It's been raining job offers on me. 
I don't know if this is the universe like dangling a a carrot like here you go here's some you know extra money and extra nice little salary and bonus and commissions and all the things and you work from home here you go here you go here you go and I'm like shit which one do I pick do I pick one and or do I stay working for myself like I haven't worked for anyone else since August last year like that's huge right so for me to take a job that's another thing. So I was like, I think I'm going to take this job. And so that, starting my retreat, doing my retreat, and my lease being due, finding a place, moving, and starting a new job, all in the month of June. And so I was like, I, I, I should say no. I legit should say no. But I was like, yep, I'm going, I'm coming. And oh, by the way, and it's $6,000. Like, And I needed to take like two grand with me at least to like actually enjoy the nine days there with her right so all of that and I still said yes and I I just knew it would work out I just knew I knew I felt it in my body it was a yes I felt it that I was like why not first of all why not why not gift myself this experience? When the hell am I ever going to plan a trip to Greece for myself? This is why I say yes to trips, especially when I know someone's going somewhere. If A, they invite me or I legit go like, hey, can I come? I can't tell you how many trips I've been on where I tagged along. Like I've been to a family vacation to the Dominican Republic. I uh, tagged along to Costa Rica after a first date with a guy and he ended up being my boyfriend for a year and we moved to California together and that's a whole other story but you've probably heard bits and pieces of it sprinkled through um, these episodes but we're not going to get into that right now because honestly that'll take me on a whole other tangent and I'm not going there right now (laughs) Um, okay so what else so yeah so Greece was epic I have a highlight for Greece as well you should definitely check that out I made some really cool reels Yo, I seriously was vibing completely different there. I was, it was like Greek goddess, goddess energy flowing through me. I just was a completely different person. I was walking differently. I was carrying myself differently, really. I was glowing and I felt more alive. I felt my soul, my soul felt home. It's the energy there. I don't know. It's the energy there. And the beauty, like, oh my God, it's just the most gorgeous place I've ever been to in my life. And I've been to Costa Rica and Turks and Caicos and Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and Mexico and like all these places, even Lebanon. And um, yeah, it's just, I did not want to come home. And then coming back to America, I'm just like, ew. (laughs) so now I'm like okay my lease is up I'm still here my rent went from 31.44 yes there's a 44 in my rent because I was guided here obviously and my unit number is an angel number obviously even my parking space is 143 which back in the day when the day was back if you had a pager it was I love you do you remember that you probably do okay so um I'm paying now $37.70. Like, what the fuck is my life right now? I used to be such a cheap ass with everything. Like, the clothes that I bought, I would try to get as much as I could for a hundred bucks. And now I'm like, 
a hundred for for a pair of shorts oh yeah obviously that's normal so that's I've done an episode before about raising your baseline I think I did I've talked about this I know I have um, raising your baseline of what's normal for you right and so you stretch yourself you start inching closer and closer to what was once like a big crazy impossible thing so me going on um, this vacation to Greece and spending 6k I've never spent anywhere near that on um, a vacation I flew first class business class whatever and that was the first time that I did that as well and so now that I've experienced that that's my new normal never again will I sit in a fucking sardine can of an airplane uncomfortable as fuck I can't sleep on planes I just can't I just can't and when I do they wake me up like the second that I fall asleep I don't know it's just not meant to be (laughs) but yeah so now that that's my new normal like it's worth the extra money like your comfort for the duration of that flight is worth the extra money so I'm instead of and, and another thing like I used to when I would buy things or whatever I would always try to get a deal always try to bargain and get a deal I stopped doing that shit and then people stopped doing that with me you know, trying to get a deal, trying to get a discount, like, can I get this or that, you know, sale, or do you have a coupon code for this or that, you know, it's like people stopped bargaining and trying to negotiate, um, like, my pricing for my coaching or whatever it is that I'm offering, so people will pay, right, but that's because my energy shifted around, me trying to like hustle get a deal right so I stopped doing that and I stopped receiving that because I'm a mirror I'm a magnet for everything that I'm putting out I'm getting back so be cautious of that how are you being how are you showing up and how are you getting that in return like really look at that okay um, anyway, so yeah, so that's basically it. Just scratching the surface. Go check out the highlights. Seriously, it was just amazing. The retreat was amazing. I loved everybody that came. I got to be with my clients and met some new people that have been following me on Instagram. And ugh, I just it made it filled my heart. It made me feel so alive because it's something that I thought about doing for years, but didn't believe in myself enough to actually do it until one day I just made the decision and I took the first step and before you knew it I had two people signed up for a retreat where I didn't even have the location picked out yet and then the ball got rolling so that's how it happens like you just have to take that first step but listen to your soul listen to your intuition if it's been nudging you and like nagging you about something like for me a, a few other things that I've been feeling I'm meant to do I know I'm meant to do them and I'm just stalling and avoiding like for example I posted about this today in the story um I was Someone reached out to me, some like Hollywood big shot. He's like, uh, send me a reel of you cooking three three meals, you know, and show your personality, blah, blah, blah. And I haven't done it. I haven't done it. I didn't send it into him yet. Why? Why? Because A, I really don't want to do my hair and makeup and go get groceries and like actually do this. And then B, I have this imposter syndrome around filming myself, like 
every time I turn on the camera, I freeze. I don't get it because put me on a stage, put a microphone in my hand, I fucking shine. Put me in front of people, I shine. It's my gift. It's my magic. But if it's just me and I hit record, I'm like frozen. Like what the fuck? Like I don't know how I flow right now. I feel like I'm just talking to you directly and I think that's why this is working. But when it's a can't, I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't know. So I haven't done it yet. But it's also because I have this subconscious fear of success so anytime I start inching closer and closer to things working out and flowing and you know all this and I go ah and I stop it's stupid and you do it too probably in some way Um, I would invite you to push yourself to keep going the second you start talking yourself out of something or say I don't know how so I won't or I can't figure it out or I don't know how whatever Hire out, this is another thing that I said today in my stories, hire out the people that can take away the pressure off of you of the thing that you're not really good at, right? And don't be like, oh, I can't afford to hire anybody. Like, listen, get a business credit card, okay? And just fucking know and trust that the money will come as a result. Like, that's the thing is you're not looking at the the money that will come once you do this thing so it's like an investment essentially up front that will pay off later so take the risk say yes go with the flow trust and surrender and when you get scared and you start to slow down and pump your brakes don't be like me (laughs) keep going keep going okay because god knows where you would be if you kept going and you don't want to sit with that you don't want to wonder that for the rest of your life and i've shared the story before of how like i found this um journal of mine from five years ago and i was writing in there or reading what i've written in there and it was all the same things i'd been dreaming about right so like my cookbook the other the book the memoir the teaching memoir that's called the universe is my bitch and it can be yours too (laughs) Um, I've been writing that for 13 years, you guys, like what the fuck? Okay. And then being on stages or a Ted talk or, um, you know, just all these different things. Like the podcast was one of my dreams. The, um, coaching program, the group, the coaching is, was one of my dreams. Um, the, the, like I mentioned the book and the podcast and, um, what else? Uh, I can't even think right now. But anyway, you get the point. Like there's all these different things that you want to do that you kind of just say you'll do, but then you never do. And you don't want to look back and go, fuck, what if I had done it? Because that journal that I found five years ago, I was saying the same shit that I wanted to do. And I wasn't doing it when I found the journal. But that's when I was like, I'm not going to let another five years pass by without me having done these fucking things. Because I know that this is on my heart. And whatever is on your heart, whatever you desire is there for a reason. You're meant to do it. Like it's your calling. It's your gift. It's your purpose. Not Nobody else wants to do that shit. You have that unique desire. It is yours. 
And it's your purpose, it's your soul's desires, it's the lessons you're meant to learn and the things you're meant to heal, to overcome and all of that so that you can actually do that shit and probably help people in the process because your healing can heal others and you'll inspire people to do the same just by being you authentically showing up and doing whatever it is that your soul feels called to do, forgetting about people judging you or talking shit or hating or failure or fear of success even which is like the thing that keeps you playing small because you don't think you're good enough or ready or whatever an imposter syndrome yes okay and if this is the first episode you're listening to you need to go back and start from the beginning trust me because there are so many nuggets so many stories so many delicious juicy pieces of information and inspiration from guests that I've had on that will seriously really move you, okay? And then you'll kind of fill in the blanks and the gaps and the stories that I'm telling you right now. Okay, so where was I? That's it, I think. I just wanted to kind of update you on the retreat. And oh, by the way, I'm putting together a group to go to Bali in October. And I already have like six people that are wanting to come. Um, So if you're interested in coming to Bali with me, I've been feeling called And I also did yoga teacher training in Costa Rica where my yoga teacher lives in Bali and with his wife. And so I'm thinking I'm going to contact him and see if we can like coordinate something and create some sort of retreat while we're there for you guys too. So if you're interested in that, email me at hello at ritapira.com and put the subject line retreat or DM me and we'll connect and we'll talk about it and I'll add you to the group chat of everybody who's already planning to go. So there's that. And then we talked a little bit about Greece. Oh my God. If I told you the stories about what happened in Greece, your mind would be blown. Like I'm going to do an episode about Greece alone. I have to, I have to, I have to. Oh my God. I have to. Okay. Um, so let's get into the episode today. And sorry if I sound congested, like as soon as I got back from Greece and my travels seriously were insane. Oh, well, I should tell you this at least. Coming back from Greece was a fucking nightmare, but everything is beautiful and perfect and meant to be, and I trust and surrender and go with the flow so I wasn't like getting all annoyed and worked up about shit, even though they lost my luggage and all sorts of things because I knew it was all happening for a reason. So funny story, I injured myself because of the delays running from one airplane to the next, and when I got to that airplane and I'm bu- I'm business class with my fucking foot bleeding as I'm running to that plane. And then once I'm on the plane, we end up sitting there for an hour. So I'm like, I ran here and barely made it. And we've been sitting here for an hour. Okay, of course. Yes, great. Fantastic. Um, anyway, and the, the flight attendant that was like managing the, the first class area, he was such a vibe and such a character and like his look, his every, just everything, everything about him. I was like, the universe gave you to me right now because you have to be here. Um, but so once I landed in Chicago, I had to go through customs and the customs line was like Disneyland on fucking crack. And so I missed my flight from Chicago to California, but funny story, while I was on the plane, I was thinking, 
you know what? I want to miss my flight so I can stay in Chicago and see my mom and be with my family and whatever for at least a day. Like, I can't land in Chicago and then not see them. I have to see them. And so I once I got there and I saw the customs line, I was like, oh, I'm so missing my flight. Fuck yeah. So I started messaging United and getting myself on the next flight, but not for that night, for the next day and as late in the day as possible. So then I um, go to my mom's house. I surprised the shit out of her and I had all this cash from going to Greece that I didn't spend because we ended up using our credit card more than cash and dollars are just like they don't give a fuck about the dollar like if you don't change it for euros they want nothing to do with it in Greece it's so weird but everywhere else I've been to they they take the dollar like their own money so it's really interesting um but so when I saw my mom I surprised the shit out of her and then when I pull I grabbed my bag and I just had all these hundreds and I started to just put them down her tank top I was like hi mom hundred bucks hi mom how you doing hundred bucks I do it hundred bucks. That shit felt so good. Oh my God. And she's looking at me like, no, no, take it. No. Cause she's like the biggest people pleaser and puts herself last and doesn't accept any gifts or help or anything at all. And I'm like, woman, you better take this money. You better take this money. Um, but so she's like, no, no, I only take one. You take the rest back. Mom, take this damn money. It's like, do you know someone like that? Are you like that where you don't allow yourself to receive? Oh my gosh. That's something else that I've talked about before in my episodes where like, and in my coaching group, you have to allow yourself to receive. If you're blocking yourself from receiving in one area, you're blocking your blessings from all over the fucking place. Okay. Seriously say yes. Say thank you. I receive that compliments. Anyone compliments you, don't shun it away. Don't go, no, stop. I'm not. Shut up. Say thank you. I receive that. Just say thank you. I receive that. Just get in the habit of saying that. Please, I beg of you and you're welcome. Okay, so then um, I got to hang out with my family and my aunt and my cousin that I haven't seen since I was 16 years old from Germany were also there. So I got to spend time with them too. And somebody that I saw when I was in Chicago for my grandpa's funeral, I don't know why I thought of him out of nowhere. And we kind of like had a, we just stopped connecting the way that we did whatever you know shit happens and um somehow we just ended up hanging out and I was like all right okay this is cool so here we go I got to hang out in Chicago on my way home from Greece how magical is that then I next the next day I fly to California I land in LAX and I call call a lift Lyft was cheaper than Uber. So here's me trying to save like 50 bucks. Okay, how ridiculous this is. I sat there for an hour waiting for Lyft to find me a driver, whereas I could have done Uber, which was like 80, 90, 100 bucks. Right. And so I didn't because I was like, I'm not paying that much for a fucking Uber. Right. Like what? what? That. Okay. But the fact that I sat there for an hour, like I was like, I wish I had done this sooner because I was trying to save some money, which is ridiculous because I was throwing 20s at, you know, people for tips for for like practically nothing. And my mom just shoving hundreds down her chest. I'm going to be cheap. 
about a fucking Uber. Isn't it interesting the things we're cheap about? Like, look at the things that you're cheap about and see if you can trace it back to a story of why you're cheap about it. You know, then reframe it and be like, that's stupid. I'm not going to be cheap about it anymore. And then choose differently, act differently, do the opposite of that. And then you'll start to rewire your brain to not be that way anymore. Okay. So I'm sitting there, but this is interesting because the universe is really funny. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for this lift that's never going to come. And I start like conversations with the person next to me and I'm all like, okay, whatever. Like maybe we can, you know, double up on a ride if you get one and then I'll, you know, you can add a stop and I can, you know, give you the money or Venmo you. And I'm just like, why am I being like this right now? It's so fucking weird. And then all of a sudden this dude walks past me and he's like trying to be helpful or mention somebody over there that's going in the same direction as I am. And I'm like, oh, thanks. You're so kind. And then he comes back again and he mentions that he knows me from Clubhouse. And I was like, what? You're kidding, right? He's like, no, really. Like you told me about this. He's like, telling me the story of what I was like coaching him about or the story he was telling me on Clubhouse. And I was like, I remember that like it was yesterday. And he's like, yeah, I've been following you ever since. And I always knew I'd meet you one day. And this and this and that. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I just got like recognized at fucking LAX by somebody that heard me speaking on Clubhouse that's been following me on Instagram. Like I felt a little like a celebrity in that moment. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was pretty crazy. Like, how's that? How does that happen? I'm sitting there for an hour because of, you know, me being a cheap ass and not wanting to spend a hundred bucks on an Uber and wasted an hour. But then because of that, this person got to meet me, like manifested meeting me. And I got to experience being like recognized by somebody and it's kind of like the universe dropping little moments of you know the future little glimpses of being you know recognized and all that like my shit blowing up and then all of a sudden I'm just like recognized everywhere I see it I've had dreams of this I've had visions of this even my numerologist told me that um, I was famous in a past life and that fame and fortune is literally around the corner before my next birthday, which again, my birthday is November 30th and she said by 2023. So here we go. Shit's about to blow the fuck up. Are you ready? You're my OGs. You guys are my OGs. Those of you that have been listening from day one, I honestly would love it if you would message me on Instagram, like DM me and be like, hey, I've been listening to your podcast since day one or when you started listening. And yeah, tell me about you. I would love to connect with you and get to know you. And I do have a Facebook group for this podcast, but I don't maintain it because I'm juggling so many different things. And that's another thing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start fucking hiring people to help me with doing shit. And the interesting thing is that the stuff that I was talking about earlier, like I'm not good at video and blah, blah, blah. Like that's who I need to hire, someone to help me with recording, editing, uploading, and doing all the things that take me away from the actual creative part, the the recording and the speaking and the writing and the whatever. 
Ah, okay, so we're 34 minutes and 40 seconds in. So there's a 44 in the middle of that. And I'm like staring at the countdown and I'm like, shit, I've been yapping and updating you for this long. Now we need to get into the episode, the actual episode about trusting your intuition. So it's story time. Are you ready? I don't know what that was. I'm going to do some cool sound effects to replace that maybe. I don't know, but this is where me hiring somebody comes in. So it's not just me yapping all the time. And then we can like interject a little like musical kind of refresh right here, right? That would be cool. Like make it super profesh. All right. Anyway, so we're talking about trusting your intuition. So there's this story that I want to share with you that I guess I should say trigger warning. Okay. Trigger warning, trigger warning. That would be a really cool sound effect too. Okay. Maybe I'll do it in my British accent. Trigger warning. This is your trigger warning. Are you warned? You should be warned. This is your trigger warning. There we go. See, I did it. I Maybe I don't need to hire anyone after all. Okay. So trusting your intuition. Let's get into it. So the story goes that I one day was at my parents' house and I was in this phase where you would not recognize me if you saw me then and you saw me today. Why? Because I was rocking platinum blonde micro braids, baby fat, Anichi, Echo, Rockaware, Academics, Timberlands, like that was me. 100%. And I was part of this like crew in college. Um, it was ridiculous. They called themselves the Pipe Club, and I was a pipe bet. Like, cannot make this stuff up. I literally had one of those belts made that had bling all the way across, and it said Pipe Bet. Like, so ridiculous. It was a fashion design school that I was at. I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer, merchandising management. That was what I was going for. I don't know. Anyway, so um, that's how I was dressing. That's who I was being. Definitely not my authentic self, right? Obviously. But I didn't think that. I thought that that was really me. And so any, you know, situation with my mom my God, my mom used to hide me from people. She was so embarrassed of me. She'd have me come in through the side door so people that were over our house would not see me. <laughs> I swear to God, you can't make this stuff up. Anyway, so one day um, I was hanging out with a friend of mine that I had known since I was 12 years old. He was like my one of my first crushes, if you will. And we were driving in my convertible. I had a Sebring convertible. It was like maroon. And we're driving. And he sees this girl in a Jeep that he thought was cute. And so we, we got to a stoplight. And he told me to hit on her for him. So I was like, hey, my friend thinks you're cute. And she's like, oh, cool. And they exchanged numbers and whatever. And then he's like, your turn. And so... We get to the stop sign or red light or whatever, and there's a car, two guys in it. And he goes, hey, my friend thinks you're cute. And then we pulled over, exchanged numbers, and then drove away. And I don't remember what he and I did after that. But when I got home later that night, that dude messaged me and he's like, hey, what are you up to? Do you want to go shoot pool? And I was like, I love shooting pool. I used to actually go shoot pool every Tuesday 
um, at this place on Chicago and Austin. I don't know if those two intersect, but it was like Chicago billiards or something like that. And it was every Tuesday was ladies night and I would go and shoot pool. I forget with who. I don't know. Um, but I remember that. And so when he's like, you want to go shoot pool? And I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. And he's like, well, my cousin's going to be with me. Can you bring a friend? So I started messaging people and I was like, hey, you know, um, you're going to come with me, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go shoot pool, with these two guys. And th- I couldn't find anybody. So I was like, I can't find anyone, but I'm still down to come. He goes, okay. And so he picks me up from my parents' house and he picks me up from the alley. So when I walk outside and I don't see him and I message, I'm like, where are you? He goes, I'm in the alley. I'm like, okay. So right away, that didn't feel right. It felt weird. My, my, like, I didn't notice that this was my intuition, like a bad feeling or anything. I never paid attention to that before, but it's always been happening. And it's something that is just within you. So it's like, are you attuned to it? Are you connected to yourself? Are you aware of what you're thinking regularly on autopilot? Because that's what's creating your life. Your thoughts today are creating your future next week and the week after and a year from now. So becoming conscious of the sensations in your body, the thoughts you're thinking, all of these things are happening on autopilot, but are you attuned to them? So I was not attuned to my body or anything at that moment. I thought I was this like ghetto fabulous queen, apparently. I don't fucking know. And so when I got to the car and I saw it was just him and his cousin, again, I felt this like uneasiness. And I was like, oh, and I got in the car complete fucking strangers that I met earlier that day and my mom will tell you she says that I trust people way too easily and like I've known them forever and I just met them like two seconds ago but that's just my soul it's a very loving and open connecting type of you know soul and that's just me like you can't I can't change me in that way I I show up with love not fear right And in this instance, maybe this was the universe trying to teach me to be a little more, you know, protective or guarded, um, you know, instead of jumping in and trusting people right away. But I don't know, man, that doesn't feel right to me. So anyway, back to the story. So I get in the car and we go to shoot pool to a place called Twisted Spoke. And I don't remember exactly what happened other than shooting pool, ordering onion rings. I think he was drinking. I didn't drink anything. His cousin was also with us hanging out. And then we left there and drove to, I guess, drop off his cousin. But he stopped at a 7-Eleven and bought alcohol. And I didn't drink. He was like making himself a drink, whatever. So I remember sitting in the car, noticing, paying attention to things without even realizing it. Like I, while we were playing pool, I remembered his tattoos. While I was in the car, I remembered his city sticker and 
all, you know, a few details of like where we were and what all like was around me. I didn't even realize that I was paying attention to those things. So my subconscious was like afraid for me, essentially. Like, okay, you're, you're in danger and you don't even know it. So it's like remembering all these important details for me without my conscious self really being aware of what was going on, right? So once he started to drive to drop off his cousin, because that was the plan, he's going to drop off his cousin and then drop me off. So he pulls into the back alleyway of where his cousin lives. He drops him off. And then he continues to drive. And he pulls over in this like weird construction-y area where there's like this train and then all these houses that are just being worked on. So it's a super quiet, half-assed street. Like it's half, half of it is this high rise kind of um, like bridge sort of like a train, but it's dirt. And then there's a train up on top. I don't know if you can picture that, but so it's just like a hill kind of thing with a train track. And then on the other side, it's these houses that are being, you know, like worked on construction. So it's pretty deserted. And I was like, what the fuck? And he pulls over, he parks and I'm like, hey, I thought you were going to take me home. And he goes, yeah, I will. I just want, you know, let's hang out for a little bit. And I was like, I really would like for you to take me home, please. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I will. I will. And then my phone rings. I pick it up and it's a friend of mine that I'm no longer in touch with. Um, And he goes, hey, what are you what are you up to? And I was like, oh, nothing. I'm just trying to get home. You know, I'm, I'm out. And all of a sudden, this dude snaps by grabbing my hand that my phone is in so hard that my nails break off like that's how hard he grabbed my phone from my hand or tried to that he broke my fingernails off okay I don't remember if they're press-ons or what but they popped off okay and I'm like what the fuck like in complete shock. And I am just in defense mode now trying to get away from him, right? So I recline my seat and I slide backwards to escape him. I end up in the back seat on my back. He mounts on top of me and starts punching my face, beating me black and blue. I pissed myself immediately and I'm bleeding all over the place from my face. This is insane, right? Like, why would this happen? This is crazy. So it gets it gets crazier, okay? So to protect my face, I turn over. So then now he's on top of me pulling my pants or my skirt. I think I was wearing a skirt, pulling it down, sliding it down so that he could rape me. And I have my face pressed up against the glass and he tries to snap my neck and he chokes me so hard that I couldn't even get a sound out. Like I remember going like this, like, uh, 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 
Like that's how hard he was choking me that I couldn't get a single sound out. And he tried to snap my neck. My face is pressed up against the glass. Dude is on my back, like sitting on my butt or something. I don't remember, but I can't move. I see my phone on the floor. I grab it and I tuck it in my top, praying to God that it doesn't ring, doesn't go off. I don't remember what phone it was at that time, but I think... And I don't remember what year this was, honestly, like I've pretty much blacked a lot of this information out, I think, the details, you know, that I remember what I remember because I've subconsciously chosen to remember what I remember and forget things to kind of maybe protect myself. We, we tend to do that. I don't know if you know this, but you remember things that essentially serve you in some way and you forget things that don't serve you like you don't choose to remember things that don't serve you or you you choose to remember things I don't know anyway that's another rabbit hole so back to the story so as my face is pressed against the glass and I'm staring out this damn window in this dirt ditch sort of vibe with the train above you know like I'm looking at this ditch and I'm remembering these words that my mom said to me. One day you're going to be lying naked, dead in a ditch. Like, I don't know how she said it because she's Assyrian, foreign. Like her English probably wasn't as good then as it is now too. So she didn't say it like that. But I just do remember having this message from her, not message, but like verbally said to me, um, basically that I'm going to be lying naked, dead in a, di- in a ditch if I keep going the way that I'm going. Now, mind you, I had a good job. I was making good money. Like, you know, like I was a good kid, generally speaking, except I was dressing this way that looks like I'm bad, but I'm not, you know, and so this is like normal early 20s behavior. But for Assyrian parents, it's not at all like you don't do this and you don't dress this way um and you don't braid your hair like these things were just very shocking to my parents and so yeah um anyway so then while i'm i'm laying there on my stomach in the back seat of this car dude is behind me and he tried to snap my neck he tried to choke the shit out of me like literally kill me Okay, like he legit tried to kill me and I'm staring out the window at this ditch and I'm like, holy shit, this is it. This is this is what my mom said. Oh, my God, this is insane. Like I really was scared for my life. And that's when he tried to rape me, pulled my pants or my skirt down. I don't remember. And. I start like my instincts, my intuition made me just start laughing. Listen, I don't know what the fuck, but I started laughing so hard. And he's like, what? What's so funny? And I'm like, you'll find out. Like I wanted to scare him into not raping me to think like he would get AIDS from me or something. Like, how the fuck did I think of that? I don't know. But it was just like an instinct, like a natural intuitive response that just happened. 
And because I did that, all of a sudden, then he ripped, he pulls out a condom and I hear it tear. And I'm like, fuck, like that didn't stop him from wanting to do that. But at least it would protect me from whatever I could possibly get from that. Right. And so I don't even remember, honestly, if he did or if he didn't. This is a part that I blacked out over the years because maybe I have like shame around it if he actually did, right? And I don't want to admit that, but I honestly don't remember now if he did or if he didn't, which is crazy, right? Oof, this is bringing up some emotions, y'all. I hope you're doing okay <laughs> listening to this shit. Okay, so then as I'm laying on my stomach and, you know, he was choking me or trying to snap my neck or whatever, I noticed that this was a four-door car. And so I tried to open the door to climb out and he pulled me back in by my braids. And I tried to get out a second time, a third time, a fourth time. And each time he would pull me back by my braids. And one moment, I don't know why or what came over him, but he opened the door and pushed me out. I was like, oh my God, I'm free, right? And so I got up, I kicked off my pants or skirt or whatever the fuck I was wearing. I really don't remember. And I took off running. And then something told me, like my intuition was like, no, go back, go back and get that license plate number. And I was like, oh my God. So I ran back and I saw him throwing things out of the car. And so he was dumping out things like my purse or whatever was in the back seat. And he threw out an umbrella that wasn't even mine. Um, he must have seen all the blood and urine in there. And I just saw him like throwing things out of the car. And I was really scared, but I got close enough to see the license plate. And I was remember I was memorizing it. I said it to myself like 10 times. I kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it. And then I, I started running again. And I went to some house. I sat on their, their porch and I pulled my phone out of my top. Oh, by the way, he did totally go like, where's your phone? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like while I was in the car, like on my stomach with the phone in my top. And it was like a tube top thing. So I was dressed. Oh, I remember what I was wearing. It was a tube top that was kind of sparkly from Lebanon and a black leathery skirt. And I had, I think I had black heels on with some bling on it. So I wasn't like super ghetto fab, but, and I hope I'm not insulting or, you know, saying the wrong thing here by saying ghetto fab. Like, I don't mean any disrespect by that at all. Like, it's, it's just describing the way that I was dressed. I don't know. And if, if you'd like to inform me of like the proper way of saying it, if I'm saying something wrong here, just know that I have no ill intention at all. Um, so the, uh, the outfit that I was wearing. Yeah. So I was like a little hoochie mama, if anything, but I had these platinum blonde micro braids. Okay. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. So, and hoochie mama, who says that? That just totally aged the fuck out of me. I'm 37, by the way. I was born in 1984. <laughs> okay. So, um, when, 
what was I? Where was I? Okay, so I so I went back to look at the license plate. And that was the scariest fucking shit because I like essentially got away and I was running for my life. And then I turned around and went back to see the license plates, the license plate number. And then I memorized it. I said it to myself a million times as I was running away. And then I got to some one's doorstep and I sat there. I pulled my phone out. I dialed 911. And they're like, 911, what's your emergency? And I'm like, like, I could not speak because of how hard he had choked me. Do you understand how hard someone must choke you for you to not be able to speak afterwards? So I, I found myself, I don't know how, but I just suddenly as I'm trying to speak, ended up throwing up right there on these poor people's porch. And then that cleared my pathway, I guess, to speak. And so this is all on the 911 tape, like me throwing up and, you know, telling them where I was at and what just happened and blah, blah, blah. And then the police came and I felt, this is, I remember this, when they showed up, I felt the need to explain to them that I'm not a hooker, I'm not a whore, I'm not a prostitute. I may look like one right now, but I'm not. Like I felt their judgment or I assumed or feared and expected judgment. Why? Because if you've listened to previous episodes, then you will know that I grew up in a very strict Assyrian household and it is in my deeply rooted programming that I've had to unlearn to even be able to do what I'm doing right now and speaking to you through this microphone, which I wanted to do for a very, 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 very long time and that's why it was written in my journal five years later and I still hadn't done it because of fear of judgment because of worrying about what people will think, because of reputation, because of your image, all of that. And that's why my mom like hid me from people when I was dressing the way I was dressing, you know, and she didn't want them to see me because they would judge me. They would talk about me. You know, reputation is everything. So, and I know that um, South Asian women can relate to that. I know that Middle Eastern women can relate to that. I know that even some Latin or Hispanic women can relate to that. So I would love to hear from you if you have ever felt that way, um, you know, what your story is. If you can DM me and let me know that you heard this episode and what, you know, re- you related to or resonated with you, especially about this part here. But when the, the cops arrived and I immediately was like, that was my first thing. It was not even like anything else. It was hey, I swear I'm not a whore, I'm not this, I'm not that. Like, I didn't want to be judged. That was my number one response instant, like, goal of making sure that they knew I was actually a good girl. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Like, what? That's insane. That's how deeply rooted that programming was. Um, Anyway, so when they took me to the hospital, so I was in the backseat of the squad car, and I'm, like, bleeding from my face, I've pissed myself. I'm missing articles of clothing. 
and my purse, my car keys, my ID, everything is still in that car with him. So I'm in the backseat of this cop car. Then these detectives came and sat by my bedside and they're asking me about what happened and I was giving them all the details that I could. I mentioned to them the type of car, the color of the car, his tattoos, the city sticker that I remembered. And then they were like, wow, this is great, you know, and they had me tell them the story and I told them about how like I laughed and they're like, how did you know to do that? How did you think to do that? And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. And I had I had been a huge fan of Law and Order SVU. So maybe like I picked up a few things subconsciously and like applied them to my situation. And I, I often wonder if I manifested that because I watched that show so much that I created this like subconscious, um, you know, like expectation of that happening to me one day or something like that. I don't know, but it's so bizarre. After this happened, I couldn't watch that show ever again. But now I watch it and it doesn't affect me. But for a long time, I couldn't watch it because it was always about rape. It was always about like murder and rape. And I'm like, I can't fucking watch this shit. And this is actually why I don't watch scary things. I only watch like comedy and uplifting things because you absorb that energy and you actually vibrate from that place and you might absorb these fears as your own and you attract these experiences into your life. So my face was bruised and black and blue and purple and all sort of my chin was purple, my nose was purple and maybe a little broken, I don't know. Um for a long time, for for 2-3 weeks that shit was on my face. And I remember when I was in the hospital and sitting with these detectives and they're, you know, taking all this information from me, I had this idea to shoot him a text and I asked them if this was okay. Like, I want to get my stuff. I want to get my key. Like, it's like 150 bucks to make a copy of the key to my car. I think I was driving like a, a Mitsubishi Galant at the time and it was a 2003 so what year was this? I'm like still trying to remember what year this was. I think I want to call the police station and find out, like see if I can get a report and all the, you know, the data on this so I can kind of use this story in my book and use it, like use accurate information and details from it, right? Instead of just like playing it from memory. So they took all the information and I was like, can I text him and be like, hey, just bring my key. And I'm, I didn't call the cops. I swear and this and that. I just want my stuff. And he believed me. And so he came to the fucking hospital to drop off my key and like a money order, I think, to get a new key or I don't know what I have. I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. But I do remember they found him. They caught him. Because they saw the car and they, you know, he came to the hospital to like drop off the stuff, I guess. And they retrieved it from him, but they wouldn't give it to me. I'm like, what the fuck? Give me the, give me the damn money order. Like, I don't, I don't remember. But um, I do remember also they took me to drive to like retrace all my steps and everything. And this was back in the day when I would, I used to eat McDonald's. Ew. Blech. What the fuck? They, they went in a drive-thru and bought me McDonald's. Ew. Um, oh, my God. That's how long ago that was. Like, holy shit. Um, but they we retraced my steps, and I was telling them the story again as we are like, retracing all my steps, and they were just, like, really impressed with 
all the information that I was able to give them, all the things I remembered, it like really helped them to build a case against him and to like essentially catch him really. And I I talked to my mom about this and she doesn't remember this at all, like at all. She does not remember that this happened to me. She doesn't remember me laid up in my bedroom in their house, um, like with a bruised face and braids and everything like she doesn't remember this at all. So what I remember is how I was sitting in the bed and feeling like this is not me. What I am right now, who I'm being right now, this is not me. Like my soul started knocking from the inside like, hey, come on, you ready now? Like, let's stop. Let's stop. This is not you. This is not you. And so I shed that layer, that version of me, almost instantly. And when I had to go to court to face him, I found out that he was a correctional officer and married and had children. Did your jaw just drop? I, I'm certain that it did. Yes, a correctional officer married with children tried to rape me and murder me. How insane is that? So I had to face him in court. I remember they played the 911 tape. I had to testify against him with his family staring at me. And But when the detective saw me in the hallway... And they were like, oh, my God, look at you. I was like, yeah, hi. They're like, I didn't recognize you at all. Like, you are a completely different person. I'm like, yeah. You want to know why they reacted that way? Because my hair was no longer blonde. It was also no longer in braids. And I was wearing a pencil skirt and a blazer. Because after this happened... It shook me to my core. It had me shed that layer, that version of me that I tried on that was not actually me immediately. And it made me like turn into this professional boss bitch, like independent, classy, professional woman. It, it turned me into that. It snapped me out of that phase instantly and the detectives told me that usually when someone goes through something like this the victim goes to drugs or gangs or something like that and I turned it around completely to the point that it empowered me instead of broke me down so I'm hoping that this inspires you to know that whatever you might be going through, whatever traumatizing, crazy event that happens to you is actually for you and you have the power to choose to elevate and uplift and empower yourself instead of spiral down. And the reason why I wanted to share this story today about trusting your intuition, it's not just to trust your intuition, but also to find gratitude in every single experience, especially those that you would deem bad or wrong 
or painful. Why? Because I'm grateful that this happened for me, not to me, for me, because it snapped me out of that phase that was not my authentic self and was not getting me to where I am today, right? So I'm grateful that that happened. I made it out alive. It taught me a huge lesson. So it's important to find gratitude in even the craziest, scariest, most heartbreaking, painful experiences. Even something like leaving a toxic relationship, right? Which the next episode is going to be about that. So get ready for that. It's going to be a good one. But leaving somebody that you know does not serve you or that you've outgrown or that they're mistreating you and your soul, your intuition is telling you this is not right. I don't belong here. We don't belong here. Get me out of here. Let's go. And you keep staying and staying and staying out of like comfort or fear of being alone or, you know, having wasted so much time or invested so much time in this person and hoping that, you know, they'll change or they'll go back to the way that they were and just hopeful, wishful thinking and, you know, holding on to that dream of what once was, things like that, like having gratitude for the experience because now you are wiser. Now you know exactly what you do not want. Now you've realized that you do deserve better. You've raised your worth and your value and you've picked up or you're about to pick up and leave. As scary as it is, as uncertain as things will be when you do it, knowing and trusting that this is happening for you and that once you leave, you will be supported. You will be taken care of. The universe has your back and it has so much on reserve for you. This is what we're going to talk about in the next episode, so I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, so just having gratitude for every single experience, no matter how crazy, looking for the lesson, looking for why is this happening for me and being grateful that it's happening, even though you can't see the beautiful silver lining and the magic that's on the other side. And to be able to heal from it by forgiving the person or the situation or whatever it is, but to forgive and to accept. Forgiveness and acceptance are key for the healing process because you have to release that energy. I have forgiven this person. I've accepted that this has happened to me for me. And I'm grateful that it did because it got me back on track. It got me back on the right path. I was steering way far off. I was off track. I couldn't be further off my path that I'm here. My soul is here for something major. And honestly, thinking about who I was way back then and all the time that's passed and who I've become, it's fascinating to think about how many different versions of me I've been since then. So you're never really on the wrong path. You're always on the path. But it's just kind of like, are you moving toward your purpose, toward why your soul is here or away from it. But it's all the same path. And the goal is to find home, essentially. So using what's happening in your life as a GPS, 
right, as a guiding system. Use it to help you listen to your body, to what's happening. Look at your circumstances. Look at the situations. Look at the things that are happening in your life and trace them back to what you believe is possible for you, to what you believe you are worthy of, to what you believe you deserve, to who you think you are right now, who you see yourself as, what you dream of being, what you dream of doing, who you look at with admiration, who you look at with envy and jealousy. These are all signals. These are all signs. These are all nudges showing you what's possible for you. So whenever there are things happening in your life, good or bad, these are all telling you about what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Because whatever you're thinking and whatever you're feeling, you are projecting out into your reality and you are seeing it. That's why I said earlier, whatever you're thinking today on autopilot, you might not even be aware of what you're thinking, right? And that's where the work comes in, is becoming aware of your thoughts and catching the ones that are negative or don't serve you and going like, wait, why am I thinking that? Why do I believe that? Do I believe that? Is that true? Where did I learn that from? And like reframing it to think the opposite, to believe the opposite by looking for evidence to disprove that thing that doesn't serve you and start increasing the reality that you do want and decreasing the reality that you're experiencing that you don't want. So becoming conscious of your thoughts, becoming aware of what you're thinking and what you're feeling because what you are feeling is what you are vibrating and what you are vibrating is what you are attracting energetically because everything is energy. And this is why I said earlier that you have to forgive and accept but also find gratitude and make peace with all of this because you have to release this energy you can't hold on to this if it's in your body you are vibrating it you will radiate it you will attract more things at this frequency that you do not want So if it's a toxic relationship and you're miserable and you hate him and you talk you talk about him at every turn for who to whoever will listen, or if you were almost raped and murdered like me, and then you have this fear of it happening again and you worry and you are jaded or hurt and you expect to be hurt by everybody, you will vibrate that, you will attract that, that is what your experience will be. But if you find gratitude, you forgive, you release, you make peace, then you will no longer hold on to this energy, it will not be stored in your body, you will not vibrate from this frequency, you will not attract that shit into your life. Does that make sense? That's why it's important to release, to process and release. And whatever you believe is what you will receive, truly, right? So if you say you want something, but you don't actually believe it's possible for you, it's not going to manifest. It's not going to happen. So this me being almost raped and murdered, this story, and me finding gratitude in it, how it snapped me out of that version of me that was not my authentic self and it wasn't getting me to my soul purpose or you know on the path on the the right 
space on my path, on my journey, healing from it by forgiving and accepting and taking all of this to be able to share it with you, hoping that it inspires you or that you send it to someone that you know because this will inspire them or you to look at your own life and your own experiences and your story and your journey and see where you learned or healed in some way that you can also help others because your healing can heal others. So it's so important for you to share your story. I would love to hear your story. So if you want to DM me or if you want to come on and share your story, definitely reach out. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope that it served you. I hope that it inspired you in some way. I hope that it allows you to see that Everything happens for you, not to you, even almost getting raped and murdered, okay? So now that I feel like I've completed the story and Frankie's over there eating, so you can probably hear his crunching, it's time to say goodnight. Um, I hope this episode served you. Please do let me know. If you haven't already rated and reviewed the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you did that. And connect with me on Instagram. Find the Facebook group too. Let's connect there as well. I'd love to bring the community together as it grows and celebrate you for being here and celebrate your journey and get to know you. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I love you and I hope you have a beautiful night, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever, wherever you are in the world. Okay, bye.